Radio Drama Revival, a show dedicated to stories told through the medium of sound, showcasing the diversity and vitality of modern audio theater. Here's your news, reviews, discussion, and of course, stories. I am your host, Fred. That great theme music is from Roger Gregg of Crazy Dog Audio Theater. And today we are about to culminate our Halloween-inspired Fright Fest with an outstanding work by our friends at Icebox Radio Theater by buddy Jeff Adams, who I got to meet at Convergence out in Minneapolis, Minnesota. Jeff tells tales from the Northland, some uh, rather family-friendly, some, like the one we're going to hear today, not quite so much. Uh, this is from his compilation of stories of the spooktacular listening in the dark. It's about an hour-long program. Um, there's two other short pieces, which I'm going to omit just to get to down to the bones today. This piece called The Thing on the ice. Um, really, really like this tale. It's uh, <laughs> chilling. It's a man out ice fishing when a terrible storm starts brewing and a creature that should not walk the earth shows up. Uh, lots of razor teeth and scary things. Uh, really, really great, startling tale. I think you'll enjoy it. Also kind of funny because in my upcoming live Halloween show, I also have a story set while out ice fishing. Go figure, men alone on a lake are creepy. So here you go. Killer work by a master dramatist and before and after the pitch for my own show this Saturday, Saturday, October 31st, 2009, a special live radio drama revival broadcast with, um, put on by my own production company, Final Rune Productions. Five stellar plays by yours truly, Roger Gregg, Mark Laflamme, and podcast writer extraordinaire Kevin Anderson is going to be a show not to be missed. And there's no need to. You can, of course, if you live in Portland, Maine, you can just show up, um, donate to WMPG and uh, show up for the show, see us uh, squish all that mac and cheese and rip the celery to threads, or tune in 7 to 9 p.m. Eastern Time live um, at radiodramarevival.com or finalrune.com. If you miss it, stay tuned to the podcast, but why would you miss it? You're going to see live video. It's going to be sweet. Okay, that's it. Let's go get out on the ice. Now we come to the future presentation of our evening. In the far north, the most dangerous creature of all may well be the weather. Killing wind chill and whiteout blizzards are a feature of winter above the temperate line. And every year, lives are lost out on the ice. But when the storm comes for you, does it even look like a storm? From the Icebox Radio Theater, we present The Thing on the Ice. You usually don't think to watch for weather when you ice fish. That is, if you, you got a fish house. Summertime on the lake, you keep one eye on the sky all the time. Thunderheads roll in, storms roll in. Rainy Lake, she can go from glass to the kind of water they write stories about pretty quick. But in the winter, she's got a cap of ice. Three foot thick in some places. My name's Harry Pavlich lived up in the north my whole life. I know some folks think driving out on the ice is crazy, but they've never been up here in January. You stay away from the currents, you stay out of the depths, you're alright. You can drive a truck, a trailer, even bigger on some of these ice roads. Don't even need to know the lake that good. Most times you look out, you can see where the ice is safe. Cluster of fish houses out there, plowed roads from them back to the boat ramp on shore. It's easy enough to figure out where the ice is safe. They got regular little towns out there. That's never my thing, though. Lone wolf, I guess. Like to be on my own. Anyways, used to like it. 
Now, these days, I don't fish so much in the winter. Back in the day, I had a fish house, and I, I liked to tow it where nobody was. Tow it so I had to hike a quarter mile or more from shore just to get to it. Like that day. That day I headed out. Almost never came back. Ice fishing is not what you'd call fishing so much. It's, it's not angling, that's what I mean. In a fish house, you got one or two holes, a heater, chair if you like it, or if it's big enough, maybe a couch. Maybe a table for playing cards if you're sociable. TV set, if you've a mind to. Some guys, they buy houses now ready-made with satellite dishes, if you can believe that. And the basics, of course. Scoop for taking the ice shavings out of the hole and an auger, and that's about it. Not much to it, really. If you catch catching nothing, you can change bait or change setup, but that's about all you can do out on the ice. Not much point to it, I suppose. Suppose it's, it's just to get away. Off by yourself. You're like a little kid in a treehouse out there. Your own little world. Your own little world. That day broke clear and cold, but up on top of it a good old Alberta clipper was rolling in. I drove from my house to the shore and hiked from the shore to the fish house without so much as a glance up at the sky. Come on, come on, not that cold out. Oh, but it was. It was that cold. Already the murk was dropping. If I'd bothered to install that, that weather doohickey I'd gotten for Christmas, I'd have known that. I'd have known the barometer was taking a plunge like it was off a cliff, and I'd have known there was a storm brewing out there. Instead, it, it all came on without warning. Harry! Harry, you in there? Well, not without warning. Hello, Jim. Come in out of the cold. Thanks, but I'm just checking. You know, there's a storm coming in. Huh. I didn't notice. They're saying maybe 12 inches by tomorrow morning? You better head for home, Harry. Oh, I'll be fine. I turn the door of this place towards the woods. They won't bury me in. Uh, plenty of wind, too. Not going to be a nice night to spend on the lake. You, uh, ordering me in, Jim? I didn't think rangers could do that unless it was an official evacuation. Uh, Harry, I've known you ten years. I don't have any authority over you. Not like it make stick anyway. But I'm part of my job keeping people safe in the park. I wish you'd reconsider. I'll tell you what. I'll keep an eye on things outside. If it looks bad, I'll clear out. Okay, I'll check tomorrow morning, just in case. Appreciate it. And he closed the door. And I heard him walk away in the snow. And that was the last human contact I had until... until it was all over. They mean well, the park rangers, but... Well, the whole point of being out on your own is to be on your own for a little while. I don't take to anybody playing nursemaid, especially if he's wearing a badge and looks like a TV sheriff. I mean, I like Jim. He's good at his job, and he, he don't look at fishermen as if they were ruining his lake, but I guess it was just habit. Man tells me to come in, I'll stay out, even if I was thinking about coming in. Yeah, it was a habit. I guess I first noticed something was different when I went to turn on the light. As I turned it on, I suddenly started wondering, what time was it? Looked at my watch, 3.30. Now we're up north here, but we're not that north. Not so as a winter day is over in the middle of the afternoon. 
That's when I looked outside. Mother Mary. The sky in the northwest had turned black. And you'd think that sky of black was riding a wave of cotton. That's right, between the black of the clouds and the ground was a solid layer of white snow swirling and boiling and scouring the earth. It wasn't just a storm, it it was a thing. I could hear it, I could even smell it. That gunmetal tang of ice on the wind. And then the wind, out in front of that whatever it was. All I had was a jacket and my old toque and that wind stung my cheeks like needles. Popped my head right off my head. The door of the fish house began to shimmy in the wind. It was going to be ripped right off its hinges if I didn't move, so I ran for the door without thinking and jumped inside. Just to get the door closed, you understand? And that's when I figured I'd better be getting out of there. I mean, the ranger said storm, but I, I didn't think he meant that. And just as I was turning to take in the line and get my coat, it hit the house. like a friggin' train just slapped up the side of the house. I looked down at the fishing hole cut in the floor and I, I realized it was sliding over my rod right over it. That meant the whole house was being pushed along the ice. If I didn't do something, we were gonna hit some bump or another and tip over. Maybe tip over on the door, trapping me inside. Without thinking, I grabbed my power out from the corner. The wind had cooled just a piece and the house weren't sliding anymore, so I shoved that auger right down into the hole, right into the hole of the floor, and let her go. It drilled down to the ice, six inches, a foot. I figured the ice was about three foot thick here, so I got down two, then I shut it off. That done it. My auger shoved two feet down into the ice, another two feet sticking up above the floor. When the wind picked up, that house started to slide until that hole hit the auger shaft, and then it just nestled right up there and stopped. Hernie could, of course, but at least we wouldn't tip over. I stood there, right in the middle of the house for the longest time. I had to put some things back on their places, but I guess we weren't roughed up too bad. The worst part was that wind. It lay low a while, then ratcheted up again, sudden-like. When it hit the house, I could feel the whole thing move, just, just, just a little bit. I kept watching that auger to see if the shaft was going to bend. Presently, I got a grip on things. Felt my heart drop back out of my chest. Okay. Okay. That was the worst part. Sitting in there, waiting for Augusta to come up and take you out your seat. Like, setting off firecrackers right next to my ear. Putting me right on edge. I sat there listening to that wind. Gatso wasn't doing anything else, just listening more and more carefully, trying to get a, a step ahead of it so I'd be ready next time it hit. My nerves were all strung out. I went to the door to check the chances of getting out of there. And I got hit full in the face by a fistful of snow. It was it was carrying ice crystals like little knives and it drove me back into the house. When I got my eyes open a crack, I, I peeked out of the view through the door. Couldn't tell if the house was facing shore or the lake or what. I pushed into the wind just enough to reach out and get that door so as I could close it. And that's... that's when I heard the damnedest thing. Rose me in my tracks for a minute. Was that? Couldn't have been what it sounded like. But it sure as hell sounded like it. It sounded like a friggin' house cat. At the moment I looked down, and there it was. A little black head sticking up out of the snow. It was a kitten. 
thinking, well, maybe not a kitten, but it weren't a very big cat. The snow was deep enough, and it just kind of had to jump toward me, back legs to front, to move forward at all. What the hell are you doing out here? Now, I've never been much of a cat lover. They're good for mice, and that's about all, but I wasn't about to let a thing that size freeze to death when it was asking for help. And think whatever you like, that's just what that cat was doing. One paw up over the snow, its ears back flat against its head. The light inside the house swung around a little bit and caught its eyes. Green they were, and open wide, wind or no wind. It was staring at me, just a touch of pride left in its eyes. Mostly it was desperate. Well, come on. They froze, look, look past me into the room, then back up at me. I no time for this animal. Without a thought to claws or anything else, I took a couple of steps into the snow, picked up that animal by a scruff of the neck, and sort of, gently, tossed it inside. The cat landed on its feet, of course, and took just a second to look back at me. <laughs> Jesus, Mary and Joseph, I didn't laugh right then. It was the way he did it, I think. Looking back over his shoulder to hiss at me as if I weren't worth more of his time. Here we were, both trapped out on the lake, storm of the year bearing down on our heads, and that little animal took the time to give me an opinion of how he'd been handled. Ah, that cat was black, just a little wisp of a thing. When it turned and looked at me, I could see a spot of white right there in the middle of its chest. It settled into the middle of the fish house and, and looked up at me, just like a cat will sometimes, sitting on its haunches, just looking at you like nothing was wrong. For a while, I stood there just looking at that cat. I don't know how long. Eventually, it occurred to me that its being here was crazy. Here was this storm. A storm that came in like a bat out of hell. And here I was nowhere near a house or a cabin or anything this cat might have started from. There weren't even a road nearby. Some spot where a person could have tossed it out of the car. And besides it, it didn't look any worse for wear. Not like it had been living in the woods for a while. It looked like it just wandered out of somebody's living room and up to my door. Even had a collar. A collar. Hey, what? What you got there, fella? I moved in close. That cat just kept looking at me. Didn't even flinch. That was a collar, all right. Had a tag on it. Where I thought first must have been a license. Some towns will do that, you know. Try and license cats just to stick the taxes to you a little more. But it weren't no license. It was, it was just a tag, like a necklace. A silver circle. Might have even been real silver. About the size and thickness of a dime. And in the middle of that circle, a black spot. Weren't raised at all either, just flat. Thought at first it might have been painted on. Looking closer though, and I'll be damned if it wasn't a stone of some kind. A precious stone. A black stone. Sat in that disc like it was grown there. Looked like a hell of an expensive thing to put on a cat. The wind settled down a bit after a while. Or maybe I just got used to it. I don't know. I took a seat in the old camp chair I had there wasn't there a minute that cat didn't jump up on my lap. Not much of a cat person, like I said, but uh, I didn't refuse the company then. And that cat, for its part, made itself right at home. So, we settled in. Me sitting, the animal running its motor, and the wind blowing. I got up just one time to look out the door. It was eight inches up against the door by then. Storm had no sign of stopping, none at all. A storm like this could dump two feet at my door, which could make it interesting to get out. I like to keep my wits about me out there on the lake, but this was one time, don't ask me why, that it 
took all I had just to keep my mind from wandering off. It kept wandering, though, and I thought about thought about being trapped out here. Trapped in my fish house. Ranger said he'd come back and check on me next morning, but where would that be on his list tomorrow? How many other things would they have to do? Lost skiers, tourists, rich folks who expect help, as opposed to me who usually resented it. I turned and looked at the cat. Why'd I say it like that? Resented it. I'm damned if that little animal looking up at me didn't calm the thumping in my chest right down to nothing. I laughed in spite of myself. That cat. That cat. I got some fish jerky from storage and plopped down in the chair again. The cat moved nimbly up onto the chair arm then back into my lap once I was down. I fed it about a quarter of the jerky. Figured it had earned it. Took the rest for myself. Now I was hungry. And after that I felt about ready to drop off. Even at that speed the wind was kind of hypnotic. And with a full belly and that animal a little purring furnace in my lap I, I guess I kind of dozed. check. So I got up out of that chair and I took the two steps over to where the window was, right there next to the door. I heard what sounded like footsteps in the snow, and then something ran past the window and off into the storm. Ran right away from that door. And it was my turn for the hair to stand up on me, because I swear, I swear that whatever it was ran away from the door, was running on four legs. I've lived in this country my whole life. Caught my first walleye when I was two, shot my first buck when I was seven. I've been all through these woods in all seasons of the year, but I never, ever saw anything like that. Oh, I was crazy, I know. There there was no lights to see from. I couldn't be sure if I'd seen an animal, much less one that walked on two legs or four or whatever. But 
It's just everything that happened the way it did. The storm and the cat and all, all of it together, got me right ready for the rubber room. I knew then I had to get out of there. I had to get out of there that minute. It took me a minute or two, but I had it all worked out. I, I leave the cat here, put out a bit of that fish jerky, and then leave the heater on. Oh, and, and there had been a bowl in the pack somewhere. I'd fill that up with snow from the fish hole, put it next to the heater, and presently, of course, the cat had water to drink. I'd hike back to my truck and clear out. I'd, I'd get back home and come back tomorrow. It was all clear as day to me. Yeah, I know, but I'm getting out. You'll, you'll be fine, kid. Just lay low here, and I'll, I'll be back in a few hours. Damn it, there ain't nothing I can do about this. I just got, I, I just, I gotta clear out now. Now sit there, be a good. So at that moment, I realized I was talking to this cat. I looked down. My hands, they were, they were shaking, shaking like I'd shoved them right down into that fish hole for an hour. My hands. What had happened to my hands? Hell, what had happened to me? I looked at that cat then. He was looking up at me like I was the only thing in the world. You know how a cat gets when something has its attention? Body and soul, that's what that cat was giving me. I was the only thing in the world. I'm sorry. Really, I am. I, I just... Hey, what? Ow! Yeah. <sighs> cat attacked me. Or at least I thought it did. What it did actually was leap from its chair right onto my shoulder, digging claws deep through the parka right into my skin. And from there it leapt on the door. The door! It leapt right on it and slid right down until it came to the knob and then the topper. That cat fastened itself on that doorknob, fang and claw, and it went to work wrenching and thrashing back and forth. Tail was lashing and its, its back feet clawing at the door for traction. I couldn't believe it. All I could do was stand there and stare. Now the fish house had no kind of door, it was just a little trailer door with a cheap knob, but I still didn't think what was happening was even possible. It snapped clean off. The knob, it snapped clean off. And once it was done, the cat sat right down on the floor and began to lick its paws. I could see there were blood there about the corners of its mouth. It had injured itself, wrenching the knob free. It's the damnedest thing I ever seen. I stepped over to the cat to take a look at the knob. It wasn't really damaged, just the just the knob assembly had come off. I could still reach in there and turn the hardware poking through from the opposite side and open the door without no problem, but looking at that cat, I realized I really didn't want to anymore. I felt silly, as a matter of fact. I'd panicked, that's what. I decided I'd better stay put for now. Never mind why or what convinced me. I went over and hung up my coat on the nail above my chair, and I sat down. The cat had just looked up at me and seemed no more or less interested in me than it had before the whole thing started. It passed like that for an hour or so. The cat sat over between me and the door as if it didn't trust me no more. Me, I sat in the chair, and the wind, it blew. I got up to check the window at one point and looked out. It was practically a whiteout. I could just make out a blackness in the distance. Trees. The tree line. Ah, good, so the wind hadn't spun me around after all. The door was still facing the woods, and hopefully keeping most of the snow from blocking it. It was good to know that much. 
A minute or two passed before I realized I was staring out at the snow still, looking, watching. I was watching for something, but I didn't know what. I forced myself to turn around and march back to the chair. Whatever had knocked on the door had spooked me good, and the memory of how I'd reacted to it didn't sit well with me either. Honestly, I felt a little embarrassed by it. Embarrassed to be seen panicking by that cat. The cat came across the floor as I sat down, hopped up in my lap again, and I was glad for the company. It set to purring, and before I knew it, I sat to dozing. I guess somewhere in there, I well and truly fell asleep. When I woke up, my watch said 3.30. The room looked all different, like it does sometimes when you wake up in a lit room. My eyes were full of cotton and my mouth was made of gauze. But after taking that little inventory, I I realized I was cold. That's when I knew the cat wasn't on my lap no more. Knocking the cobwebs out of my head, I looked around and saw it. I had a couple of boxes pushed over next to the door. And that cat was standing up on them boxes, front paws pressed up on the wall. Its nose pointing out the window. It was looking, still as a picture, taut as a rope just looking out the window at the snow. What are you looking at, then? After a moment, it took its paws off the window, sat down on the box, and turned to look at me. It didn't have any kind of expression on its face, just a sort of blank, common stare a cat gets. Then it glanced back over its shoulder at the window. Oh, what what is it? That's something out there? Is there... You better not be scaring me, cat. I'm tired enough. I don't need to Good God. Good God in heaven. A face. There was a face at the window. I couldn't look away. I couldn't stand to look at it. It was... It was what? It was a man's face? But it weren't a man. The forehead was all wrong, and the eyes were all wrong, and the mouth... Oh, God, the mouth. While I backed away, staring at it, it smiled at me. Smiled like it knew I I was afraid of it, and it liked that. And when it smiled, I could see the teeth, two solid rows of tiny needle points, dozens and dozens of tiny teeth, not like a cat's, not like a a, a predator's, but like, I, I don't know, like... Like something from another world, like like a thing that didn't belong here. And when it smiled at me, I felt my insides clench. And I wanted to run, run away. I was like a caveman looking at a tiger, not thinking, not reasoning, just, just wanting to run. I would have too. I would have run into those walls until they tipped over, until I, I, I broke my neck or got the door open. Running outside into the night with that thing, which I had the idea was exactly what it wanted. I would have gone crazy, except I happened to glance down. The cat, who was facing the door, all business again, bottle brush tail, ears back and growling, looking up at the window, and the thing wasn't there, but it was knocking again. It's crazy to think that was the thing that got to me, but it did. Something about that knock told me books worth of stuff about the thing that was out there on the ice. There were no animal just looking for a meal. It was... It was a hunter. And it was trying to figure out me. 
fast, and it didn't go away. It started to mix the knocking with a few scratches, a few little tries at figuring out how to get into the house. The cat just sat in the middle of the floor, following the sounds outside with his eyes. Occasionally, now and again, it growled. Why couldn't the thing just get through the door? What the hell was wrong with it? I figured if he could knock, he could turn a doorknob, couldn't he? That's what I wondered if maybe I wasn't imagining things. Face in the window, knocks on the door, they were, they were sounding less and less like knocks all the time. More of an animal scratch now. A dog trying to get into the house. God, what was wrong with me? Why couldn't I think? Think! Okay, the door was broken, but it still couldn't get in. That meant it couldn't get in. I, I mean, it makes sense, doesn't it? How many animals can turn a doorknob? Heard of bears that can get a handle on a door, but on a knob? That's ridiculous. The whole thing is ridiculous. That's just an animal out there, that's all. The knocks, I, I hadn't heard any knocks. My imagination. I knew what I had to do. I had to open up that door. I had to open her up and shoo it away. It was just an animal. I picked up part of a crate that had broken, a stick about two foot long, and started towards the door. The cat didn't like it, not one bit. Well, that was just tough. This was, this was just a bear or something out there, and I was not going to spend the balance of the night pulling my hair out. It was time to face this thing. All right, shoo. Now get out of here, you... Don't... I stood there in the doorway like an idiot stick in my hand. All rising before me up out of the snow was the most hideous sight I'd ever seen in my life. Oh, that face. That almost but not quite human face. And its head, I, I could see now, it had a kind of a kind of crest on top of it. And the forehead was too wide and the mouth and those teeth and for the first time I saw its eyes. Just two little slits under the huge brow. They were shining bright red. Sure, it happened. Why not? That little kit scared the thing away. That's, that's insane. Cat weighs seven pounds, soaking wet. That animal, that, that thing, towered over me. Towered. Just, just shut up and go inside. I sat there for I don't know how long. Sweat soaked my shirt right down my back. My collar itched because so much heat was coming off my neck. I felt my skin buzz. My eyes and my brain focused on the door across from me, and that's all. I didn't have no idea what was six inches away to the left or the right. All I knew was straight ahead. I had an idea of a headache, but I couldn't focus on it. I guess you might say I was a man coming to grips with things. I just wasn't doing it very fast. Think, you hick. Think, what, what, what the hell's going on? just remember what it felt like to be normal. Just barely. 
Turn the key, the truck engine fires. Press the remote, the TV comes on. Open a beer, and it hisses and it pops, and inside there's beer. Normal. It seemed years in the past now. God help me, I... I must be dead. And then that kit got me to look at it. It was only then that I remembered what had happened out in the snow just now. I guess it took me that long to process the whole thing. The thing on the ice had been frightened away by the cat. It stood above me, it did. A mouthful of sharp teeth, a form that froze me to that spot even though every fiber of my being said, run. The single most terrifying thing I'd ever seen. And I was frightened by a cat. A cat. It didn't make no kind of sense. No kind of sense. Unless you're not a cat. Holy God, the animal winked at me. Cats will wink sometimes, that much is true, but it's it's usually something in their eye. The timing of this, it, it had to be something different. It had to be communicating with me. And then in a rush, all of it flowed into my head. The cat, the storm, the thing on the ice, they were all connected somehow. What was my first reaction when I seen the storm the first time? It wasn't natural. That's right, it wasn't. I read a story one time. I had this English teacher about eighth grade. I never liked English much, but this guy was different. He had shelves and shelves of all kinds of books. Flying saucers and robot stories, a lot of them. I remember reading this one story about a guy who'd been to the valley in the Himalayan mountains where all the winds in the world were born. And since he'd seen this valley, the wind wanted to kill him. And his friends didn't believe him. And they didn't come to rescue him when he called. And and the wind tore his house apart with him inside. Where do those killer storms come from? I asked the cat. It didn't answer. Storms come in and take people every year. Lightning strikes, flash flood, blizzard. They take people every year. I guess I just always assumed the storm was the same for the one that got took and the one who was safe and dry watching it through a storm window. What if that weren't so? What if the storm looked different to the ones it come for? What if it didn't look like a storm at all? What if it looked... I turned and looked out the window. The snow continued to fall. Check my watch again at 5.30. Looking out... It looked like the snow was slowing up a bit. I've been thinking that whole time, petting the cat, thinking. See, I'd, I'd come to realize that the cat was the bit in this that didn't make no sense. Let's say that thing on the ice had come for me. I didn't much like the idea, but what if it were so? Well, I'd be done for, right? But on top of that, this little cat, with no earthly business being out in the storm, shows up and saves my ass. I could only see one way that was clear, and that was this. That thing on the ice had no claim to me. Since when it come after me, some other party sent little Kit here. Sounded to me like the ones running the universe were having a disagreement about whether or not I was coming or going. If this was my time to go, I'd have gone by now. And if it weren't my time, then by God, I weren't going. It was him. 
He stared at me through the broken pane. Those teeth spread an inch apart and the breathing and the heaving and from across the fish house I could smell its breath. It was freezing. And then it slid one hairy arm through the window. And while I watched, it slid one shoulder blade past. That window, it weren't no more than a foot square, but it was like that thing could fold itself up. His head forced out past the shoulder blade and it opened its mouth again and its head. Oh my God. His head. It smushed down like a football deflating, being pressed flat, a, a gaping maw of teeth. And it was a serpent thing now, shifting its shape to match the shape of the window, slithering through one inch at a time like a huge snake. You, you can't. You. And that's all that I could manage. Whatever that thing was, it, it took the guts right out of my middle. And I realized I was gripping that cat something fierce. And I looked down. And the cat... The cat hadn't made a sound since the thing broke the window. Before, the cat had frightened it off by growling, but this time it didn't make no sound. And then it turned and looked at me. Wise and fearless and gentle all at once. But I knew what I had to do. That cat see, it was silent because it didn't want the thing from the ice to know it was there. The thing, it must have been blind. That's it. Blind, those those little red eyes. Blind, sure. That's when I knew the truth. That's why you're here, isn't it? The kid just looked up at me, steady and silent as a rock. into my head what I should do, silent as I could. I stood up. I held that cat in front of me, bending its neck as I as I crept toward the window. And that thing kept coming, and we kept getting closer, until we were just a foot apart. I silently brought that kitten up to my face. Thank you. And then I reached out and set it right on top of the thing from the ice. That spring, I left the house on the ice until it broke through and sank into 12 foot of water. Rangers raised holy hell, but that's what they're paid for, right? I never told anyone else about that night. I figure a man's nightmares are his own, nobody else's. Tried to come up with a way to make myself believe it was really just a nightmare. Just a fantastic dream. Like you get sometimes when you have one too many beers, but I don't got much success at that. All I know is I'm still here. And sometimes after a rough night, I'll wake into that, that halfway state when time seems to stand still and you're aware of the bed and your room and not much else. I'll feel like I can't move and I feel like maybe something's outside the room trying to get in. And I'll swear that I can hear purring in the bed next to me. Whatever's wrong in the world at that moment ain't wrong no more.
the thing on the ice. Written and produced by Jeffrey Adams, who was also the principal voice performer in this production. The Park Ranger was played by Dave Irwin. Sound effects and sound design by Dave Irwin and Jeffrey Adams. This production copyright 2009 by the Icebox Radio Theater, which is solely responsible for its content. On the web at iceboxradio.org. Listening in the Dark was a presentation of the Icebox Radio Theater, International Falls, Minnesota. For more information on them, including where to buy CD copies of this program, visit iceboxradio.org. We hope you've enjoyed this Halloween offering. Since we cannot soap all your windows and demand candy at all your houses, think of this program as a way of jumping from behind a bush and saying boo. We hope you enjoyed yourself. Thank you for tuning in, and happy Halloween. That was The Thing on the Ice by Jeff Adams from his spooky story program, Listening in the Dark. Great stuff, Jeff. Awesome. Love it. Uh, radio, iceboxradio.org for more. And if you want to hear the entirety of that program, mosey over to Jerry Stearns' show uh, where he recently featured it, KFAI's Sound Effects. Links to that will be in the show notes today. And now the big pitch one more time, the incredibly huge live radio drama here in Portland, Maine, special episode of Radio Drama Revival, Halloween night, Saturday, October 31st, 2009. It's going to be awesome. You're going to be able to find it on radiodramarevival.com and finalrune.com, 7 to 9 p.m. Eastern time on Halloween night. Audio feed, video feed, the works. It'll be great. Tweet about it. Invite your friends. All right, and that wraps it up for this week. Radio Drama Revival is produced by me, Fred Greenhalge. Copyright of individual shows remains to their original producers, but do please share this show as much and widely as you'd like. Radio Drama Revival originates on air radio at WMPG-FM, Greater Portland, Maine's Community Radio, and it is podcast at radiodramarevival.com as a labor of love. Till next time, keep your mind and your ears open. Thanks for tuning in, and have a great week.